Welcome to this episode of From the Principal's Desk, where we look at issues facing Lutheran school principals today. My name is Rob Lunak, and I'm the principal at Mount Calvary Lutheran School in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and my co-host is Mike Scheman. Hi, I'm Mike Scheman, principal at Bethany Lutheran School in Parma, Ohio, and I'm kind of excited about today's topic, which is a little weird to think that you'd be excited about teacher evaluation and observation, but um, I love seeing our teachers do what they do best and working with the kids and uh, sharing God's love with them. So I think it's going to be a great topic and a great discussion today, Rob. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, we have some of the best teachers in the entire world, and to be able to watch them and help them grow is one of the, one of the joys of the t- principal profession for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rob, do you mind maybe starting off just talking a little bit about what's your um, theory behind teacher observations, evaluations, and process, maybe just to learn a little bit about what you do at your school? Yeah, so I've always viewed teacher observations as learning opportunities. I'm not going in anybody's room as a gotcha. I'm not going in anybody's room to tell them how bad they are. I'm in there because I already know you're a good teacher, right? You've put your heart and soul into this profession, and I'm in there to see the great things you're doing, highlight those, and then give an outside perspective on some of those things that maybe we have blind spots to that I can always help improve, whether that's, hey, here's this article that might be helpful, or hey, I noticed you know you had some struggles with this. Tell me about that, and talking through some of that in dialogue. And maybe it's, hey, you know, do you want to go to a training on this? That looks like an area that I see you expressed interest, and I know it's something we could work on. And it's mm-hmm. never it's never meant to be a one and done. It's a continuing conversation to help them improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the way you approach that continuing conversation. I feel the same way that um, teachers some uh, in some cases it's easy to think of an evaluation as a checkbox item that you know, hey, the board makes me want to do this, so I'm just gonna you know get it done. But um, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot richer than that. Um, that an evaluation is really just the summary of all of the things that you've seen um, the teacher do over the past however however long. Um, really, I think teacher evaluations begin on day one um, as, as principals go through and kind of get a feel for what's the climate in the classroom? What do the teachers do on a day-to-day basis? Because the, the evaluations where you say, I'm going to observe two lessons and I'm going to write things down and then form a document are really a lot less useful to teachers. Having received those myself from time to time, um, I don't want to give those to my teachers. I want them to know that I've got a real feel for what's the culture they're creating, what are their procedures, and the best way, in my opinion, to do that is to be present uh, frequently and and regularly in in the rooms. Now, when you're in the teacher's classrooms, there are times when we're in there to observe, and there's times we're just in there to be in there. So do you do you differentiate those with your teachers? I know you send emails when you're in the room, like you leave the room, hey, this was really great, or hey, I have a question about this. Do you tie that into your observations too, or are those just kind of spur-of-the-moment visits for you? Well, for me, um, pretty much anything can get into, can can uh, support some of the conclusions I'm making about the teacher. So um, while I may not be in the room for that purpose, um, anything that I see for me is fair game. And I love to kind of keep notes frequently throughout because um, I've, I've had it before where I've, I've failed at that and you go to sit down and write an evaluation and you're thinking, man, I, I just don't recall a lot about what's going on in the classroom. But for me on my phone, I use my notepad and uh, I just do a quick name and date of the teacher whose classroom I was in and jot down a few things as I go. So 
um, it, it really helps to build that capacity of what you're going to be writing in your document later. That's a great idea, using that as, you know, kind of work you're doing ahead of time to add to that document later. Mm-hmm. One of the, the first things I started when I became a principal is we did a monthly kind of scored walkthrough. Hey, I'm looking for these things, and they're just going to be yes, no's, and I'm going to write down what I saw, and that was it. And those, at the end of the year, I said, okay, were those helpful? And I got an interesting comment from my teachers, and maybe maybe you've had a comment like this from yours. Well, we really kind of liked it, but it made us really nervous, right? Because you always came in with the iPad, and we were always getting scored on it, and it made us so nervous. And so how do you build that culture that this isn't meant to be scary, this isn't meant to be intimidating, this is meant to be helpful? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think um, for me, it's always been a matter of that it shouldn't be a surprise when I walk in the classroom. Um, it should be part of my, the school culture I'd like to be a part of is that um, I'm in there all the time. And uh, they do see me on my phone a lot, uh, but they know what I'm doing because they get the, the follow-up with, with what I've been doing on my phone. But um, I know it's been sometimes, the, the, my first few years as a principal, you'd walk into a classroom and the kids would be, oh, oh hi, Mr. Sheeman, and I'd be the biggest distraction ever. And I still kind of am for maybe the first couple of weeks in school, but by by about now, which what we're rounding the end of September, at this point, when I walk in a classroom, it's no longer disruptive. Um, and the kids just keep on working and I get to see the teacher in their raw environment because just like for, for kids, when an adult walks in the room, they act differently. I don't want that for my teachers that when I walk in the room, they act or do di things differently either. I know that they do, um, I, you know, it's, it's just kind of human nature but I want it to be as natural as possible that when I'm in the room, it's just a normal, normal event that happens every day at our school. That's a really good point because when we do these observations, if you only do one a year and you tell the teacher, Hey, pick the observation time, you're going to get hopefully their best lesson, but that's not going to give mm -hmm. you a full picture because if they're showing you their best thing, then one, how are you going to help them grow if your comments are just like, hey, that was a great lesson. I loved everything about it. If you haven't seen anything else that maybe didn't go as well. And then mm -hmm. how is that going to capture a full picture of everything they do? As we've talked about on this podcast before, if you're only in the room 40 minutes out of the whole year, you have no idea how that teacher's day actually is or how they actually are as a professional. So you really got to get in there frequently. That's right. That's right. And so many evaluation tools that are out there, um, as they should, they don't just assess teaching and curriculum. As a Lutheran school teacher, there's a lot more that goes into the, the profession, the calling that we have here in our Lutheran schools. And so I do want to be looking at the relational aspect of things. I do want to be looking at professionalism. I want to be looking at their commitment to the ministry as a whole. And all of those things take a lot of time to really fully establish where the teachers are at with that. So really being there with them and walking alongside them in order to later evaluate them is critical. And then they know that you've taken the time to give something that's authentic, that's helpful and hopefully reflective. That's a great point. Now, teacher observations are always more than just a set of comments and scores on a piece of paper, right? So do you have yep. your teachers score themselves on any of these items to begin that conversation or kind of get an idea of where they think they are before you do your observation? Yeah, I do. Actually, my process is um, there's a number of different things that feed into it. So we start with, the, of course, the meeting, let them know that they're being evaluated. But I, I have a full rubric that I use that I give the teachers and say, these are the areas where I'm going to be formally kind of assessing you, if you will. 
Um, and for me, scoring was always so subjective and it frustrated me early on in my career when I did have a teacher say, why did you rate me at this level instead of this level? And I, I knew it, but I thought if I could prepare them a little bit, it might even be helpful. So using actually some of the Charlotte Danielson material, I've, I've created a rubric where the teachers can see where I'm going to be, be scoring them. But then that's a part of it, as is their self-evaluation. I feel that for them to reflect on their profession is, a, is a, an important piece of this, too. So they speak into that as well. And I tell the teachers, if there's anything that I haven't seen that you want me to see, Now's the time over the next evaluation cycle here in the two weeks or whatever it is that we're doing this formal piece, feel free to like brag about yourself I mean, get rid of that Lutheran humility for a minute. And if you had this amazing lesson that you were so proud of, show me. And similarly, I ask them the question when I'm in your room, is there anything that you want me to be specifically targeting? Is there something that you want me to look for to, you know, maybe you want some deeper reflection on classroom management or, um, you know, differentiation, who knows what it is, let me know that and I'd be happy to share additional feedback with you. What does that look like for you, Rob? So for me, a lot of it is those kind of day-to-day little comments. Hey, I noticed this. This was great. Hey, this didn't go so well. Can we talk about that? And then at at kind of formal evaluation time, and I like to do that usually a wave of them in December and another wave of them in March usually. Mm-hmm. I know those are those are busy times for people, but it, it gives us information that we can use to help the teacher grow before it's kind of too late for some of that. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you are at a school where you maybe have some contracted teachers that are not called, that gives you information if you need to make difficult decisions regarding hiring, right? Absolutely. And, so, and that's becoming more and more common in our Lutheran schools is contracted workers instead of called workers. But yeah, then, it's a sad trend, sure. Yeah. Uh, but then a lot of it is is similar. We use a modded, modified Danielson framework that includes faith integration. And what I'll do, and I'll get yours from you too, we can include those in the, the show notes probably for people so they can see copies of kind of templates of what we use. And Definitely. a lot of that is starting that conversation. And the Danielson framework is interesting because gone are the days of the, hey, here's your 25 things. I come in as principal, circle one to five, write a comment and put it in your file. It's very much a a back and forth, right? The teacher fills out stuff and lets you know what you're going to see before you go in to see it. And all of that information is really useful because we get into the nitty gritty and we get in to see the planning process and we get in to see execution. And then we get an opportunity to talk about, okay, Here's what we said we were going to do. Here's what we did. Where did it fall apart, and how do we help you improve? Right. Right. And contrary to what a lot of people, I mean, maybe even myself, had thought at one point, is teachers are craving this feedback. Um, it's, it's funny because if they don't get some sort of an evaluation through the year, you'll hear that saying, yeah, well, I've never been evaluated before. And uh, I, I think they long for the affirmation of the things that they're really doing well. And I think to a degree, there's maybe a little fear of receiving some, some feedback, but they, my experience has been when I share that feedback, they're thankful, but I don't share the feedback alone. If there's an area of growth that they need, we work that into a goal. And then part of their professional development plan is to then um, find resources, which I help them do to realize their goals and to grow in that area. And in some cases, it's a matter of, you know what, I'm not great in this area, but I know that, you know, the teacher up the hallway for me is, uh, is amazing there. So how can I use that teacher in their area of strength to support me in an area where I'm struggling? And it builds the other teacher up as well. 
So using your staff and the gifts God's given you is uh, really a, an amazing part of this community of Lutheran schools. Yeah, that, that's one of the, the many, many things that make us special, right? There's mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's so much to brag about, and we we as Lutherans sometimes, like you said, shy away from that. Now, you have mm-hmm. an interesting quote here in the show notes that we're working off of about the three-minute classroom walkthrough. Do you want to tell everyone what that is? Sure. So one of the resources that I picked up early on as an administrator was a book by Carolyn Downey and a bunch of others, and it's called The Three-Minute Classroom Walkthrough. The subtitle is Changing School Supervisory Practice One Teacher at a Time. It's a, a really good read. It's an easy read, and there's uh, the premise is basically what we've been talking about, that to get real assessment, you need to be present over a, a longer period of time and not just coming in for your you know, two 45-minute observations every year. And so one of the quotes that stuck out to me in this book was, it says, as the frequency of the principal's classroom visits increased, so did teachers' perception of the principal's effectiveness. I know sometimes it's easy for uh for teachers or for people to think, oh, the principal, they don't really know what's going on. They've been out of the classroom now for how long? So they don't get it anymore. Things have changed. But if you can show them that you are with them, you're alongside them, and that demonstrate that you have an understanding of what's going on in the classroom, it builds greater capacity for those conversations that they know you get it. You're not just throwing theory at them. You're, you're understanding them and walking a mile in their shoes. So great book. I would really recommend it. If anybody's looking for material, the three minute classroom walkthrough has some great stuff. And that's, that's just such a great topic to take away, right? The more often you're in their rooms, the more often you give feedback, the more often you recognize the work they're doing, you know, they're going to go, Hey, you know, I think you're doing a pretty good job too, which is always nice to hear. Mm-hmm. We are in for kind sure. of an interesting time for Lutheran school principals because we have in the past, a lot of principals were teaching principals kind of the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. And so observations were kind of a checklist and through professional practice and through new ideas and through kind of the changing nature of our Lutheran schools in a way, we've moved away from that where now this is this is part of your duty as principal, right? It always has been, but it's gotten a little more meaty than I think it used to. So when I was teaching, I can count on one hand the amount of times I was observed formally or informally. Mm -hmm. Do you have a similar experience to that, Mike? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So if we can, if we can help anybody out there know that this is an important part and get better at doing this more frequently, that, that helps all our schools. It does. It does. And then one other thing to bring up too, I think Rob, is that um, we, we ha- need to send the message that we want our teachers to succeed. The evaluation is not a gotcha tool, like you said earlier. I feel, though, that there are times when we have teachers who are struggling or teachers that um, really might need to know that they're not effective in a particular area and need some support. But the evaluation is not really the tool to bring that up with them. So just like I coach the teachers, the report card is not the place to say to a family, your kid might need to repeat a grade or surprise. You don't want to surprise a kid on a report card. I don't want to surprise a teacher on an evaluation. So if there's something that needs to be addressed with them, you build a lot of professional capacity to bring this up and then use the evaluation tool as a reflection of how's it going so that nothing is a surprise. I think that's really important. Yeah, teachers are already nervous enough about the evaluation, and if if the sole reason you're evaluating any of your teachers is to remove one of them, then you're really approaching it from the wrong the wrong way, right? It's yeah. meant to be a growth opportunity. Now, Mike, do you have any 
kind of quick tips for anybody listening out there on, on how, what, like one thing you have done or learned in your principal career that's been really effective for you for observations that they could kind of take and implement on Monday? Yeah, I think the thing for me that I had to do when I started um, do, doing evaluations was I, I would say, well, I want to get into every class frequently, but I don't have the time. And that was really, frankly, it's an excuse. We all have the same time. It's a matter of how we use it. And so what I ended up doing was just like I would book a meeting in my calendar, I booked times that I would intentionally go into the classrooms. That translated as part of my culture that I don't need to do that anymore because I know and I'm tracking myself of how often I'm in all these classrooms, but make sure it happens frequently and make it a priority. Your teachers will thank you for it. What about you, Rob? For me, it is the fact that I, I approach a lot of this as, you know, I don't know everything, right? I don't. And so mm-hmm. I will sit down and I'll say, okay, guys, you know, here's the observation tool we have. Do we like it? Is there anything we want to tweak on it? Tell me how you think we could best grow you in your capacity through this observation and being open to some of that. Now, that doesn't mean I'm always going to change it, but it, it's nice to include them on the back end of that so they know that it is a partnership and it's not just a tool coming from somewhere to kind of judge them. That's really well said. I fully agree with that. That's having their feedback in the process. That's fantastic. I think everybody loves to be heard. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I think there is so much more to cover just like everything. And I think I even heard something about, professional development plans in there that we're going to have to have an episode on and maybe even staff issues that we're going to have to have an episode on. But I think we might have covered enough about evaluation and observations for today. Yep, I agree. Hopefully just got people thinking and um, started a reflective process there. And like Rob said, we're happy to share some of our resources as we're able. So feel free to reach out and uh, God's blessings as you serve his people and serve his teachers in your roles as, as administrators. Blessings, everybody. Have a good week.